Welcome to another episode of Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners, or really anyone, channeling their inspiration to face challenges in running and life. I'm your host, Sonia Rita. In today's episode, Caroline Moyer and I talk about her long-standing relationship with running that took a brief hiatus as she recovered from a terrible bike accident. But she's working her way up to get back on that proverbial horse, or bike, and is training for her first Ironman this September, all while beginning her new position as a pediatric oncology nurse. As they say, not all superheroes wear capes, and nurses are definitely included. So I'm really excited to talk to Caroline Moyer. Um, I spoke with Sarah, her sister, I think uh, last season or two seasons ago. So it's a it's a wonderful family of athletes and runners and especially a family of people who support uh, pediatric cancer research and patients and, and Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation's mission. Um, so I'm gonna start the way we always do and just ask you, Caroline, how did you start running? Because I know uh, Sarah had mentioned that you are a big inspiration to her in her running journey. So now <laughs> it's time to see where all the inspiration comes from. Oh my goodness. She's too kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I started running at a young age. I uh, started with lacrosse in third grade and I found myself just running laps around the field. And from there, um, at my middle school, they had just started a cross country team. So this fast forward to seventh grade, eighth grade. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I don't have a real fall sport that I could do at the school. So I went out for the cross country team and just fell in love with the sport, continued through high school. And then I started to lose a little bit of my love for running, um, with the whole college process mm -hmm. and trying to get recruited. Mm -hmm. So I focused more on swimming and then I had a bicycle accident back in 20, early 2020 oh. that, um, really put me into a position to focus on running after I had surgery. Um, and I, refound my love for running there. Um, but it was really growing up something that collectively as a family, we enjoyed to do together. Um, and whether it was just going for a quick run or, uh, doing a workout on the track, it was a great way to keep some balance in my life and decrease some stress. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely is the consensus among runners. Um, <laughs> You know what the funny thing is, is so uh, we were talking before I started recording about how I went for my run and I, you know, I was, I had PT this morning and you're always running around, but it, I said to myself, okay, I can run after we chat, but I felt like I was like, you know what, I think I'll be more ready for this, for just like a fun chat if I just get myself in, in that zone. So it definitely, for those of us who love running, even though sometimes, I mean, for me, it's like, okay. I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to feel better at the end, even if I don't feel like getting out there right now. I don't know if you have mm -hmm. the same thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> that first mile of every yeah. run, I'm like, am I doing this? Yeah. And you just got to dig deep. And once you get past that mile barrier, you're golden. Yep. Yep. So your bicycle accident was fairly recently, but 
I wanted to go back to, um, you had mentioned that when you were going through the college process and, and getting recruited, was it kind of taking the fun out of running? You said that you had fallen out of love a little bit with it. Yeah, so it was more so for myself, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself mentally per- to perform to a set level, mm-hmm. um, as well as coaches who were considering um, recruiting me, putting that added pressure on on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really every race, I would go into it and say, I need to run this set time or I'm not going to be happy with my result. Right. And that's not why I started running in the first place. I ran because I loved it. And it was such a fun stress reliever. Um, so it was a, a good learning experience thinking on it now. Um, at the time, I wish I had handled things differently um, and just continued to enjoy the sport instead of letting those outside pressures impact. Oh, yeah. Well, hindsight is always 2020. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you were, you were young, you were a high schooler. Um, and so what how, how did the process go then? Um, you know, I just started running much later in life. So I'm super curious, how did that, that process go of um, trying to be recruited? Because you had teammates too. What did that look like? Were there, was there a lot of competition among teammates as well? Yeah, there was a fair amount of competition, especially with high school girls. It's a tough, can be a tough group. Um, and we had a solid core group of girls that were good runners. Um, so we would all, to an extent, the competition was healthy, but also unhealthy at the same time. Um, I never let what the other girls were doing performance-wise hinder my performance, but sometimes we would compare schools and different times that they wanted us to run, and that was just not good for anyone. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the recruiting process goes for running, it was more so focused since running is such a individual-based sport um, and based on times. They're looking at your times over the course of your high school uh, seasons, and they want to see, they're looking for improvement, Mm. um, growth as an athlete. So they don't want to see that your best time in the 5k was from freshman year. um, If they're recruiting you in your junior season and you're running slower than you did freshman year, um, doesn't help your cause. Well, that (laughs) makes sense. That makes sense. Especially, you know, one thing, um, among female athletes too is you know when you're a freshman I mean I didn't really bloom until probably like senior year of high school maybe even college so your body is still undergoing like so many changes and so there's a good chance that you know your freshman year of high school you're still uh like moderately like prepubescent as opposed to as you go through your your changes and how does how does that competition um did you find that it affected you or did you see people around you uh females specifically that were affected by you know the the changes in in body type yeah so actually this was the first time it was my freshman year at um states and one of the older girls on the team was like after sophomore year, that's when you'll start to get slow. And just that's something that stuck with me throughout my sports career. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of put it in the back of my head 
And I was like, I'm not going to let my body changes slow me down. It's a natural thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just going to continue to love the sport. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting to hear my freshman year. I was like, Oh my goodness, what does she mean? Cause I hadn't gone through puberty yet. Um, and it was just thinking again, thinking on it now, the things that come up in the running culture, um, especially with younger females and running, um, really shapes how one develops a healthy relationship with running, um, and balances the nutrition side of things with also their training. So it was very interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could really all kind of go awry. I mean, I read, uh, I read Bravey, right. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who, who hasn't, um, so I just, again, I don't have experience as, as a young athlete. I played um, field hockey and lacrosse in high school and really warmed that bench up real good. Um, so, <laughs> so I wasn't an athlete. I liked being part of a team. I liked, um, I liked movement. And I think that's probably why I enjoy running so much and feeling like, like, oh my gosh, my body can do this. But so I don't have experience, um, you know, going, going through all that, um, but I can imagine, you know, reading everything and, and, and kind of looking back on it, that someone telling you, uh, an older girl telling you your freshman year that you get slower sophomore year, that could, that, I mean, it's, it's wonderful that you didn't take it the wrong oh, way, yeah. but that could have, that really could have gone either way. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and like in the back of my head, I was like, when am I going to have my slowdown moment? Yeah. And I mean, it's not until you're a few years older that you realize you don't have to have that slowdown moment. You just have to adjust. Yeah. To your yeah. Body. Absolutely. And that's, that's wonderful because as an older runner, I mean, as, as an older person, every, I feel like every five years, once you're like 27, then they'll tell you, Oh, just wait till you're 30. And then when you're 30, yeah. it's like, Oh, just wait till you're 35. And when you're 35, it's wait till you're 40. And I'm 39. Marco is turning 41 in April and he's going for a sub three in March, a sub three marathon. Oh, amazing. Yeah, he's, he's trying for it, uh, or at least <laughs> a BQ. Um, so you're right. You don't, you just, you figure it out. You adjust your body, you eat properly, you get the rest that you need and you do what you can, um, for what you love. Exactly. <laughs> so, so many powerful lessons in running. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Running is just like a metaphor for life. Um, <laughs> so tell me about your bike accident. What happened? Oh, I was actually trying to get into triathlons, um, and trying to be a little bit of a, not an overachiever, but I was going to bike to my neighbor's pool to swim some laps. Okay. Um, so naturally, I had my swim stuff with me and I was going to adjust my bag and it dipped in my wheel and I oh, flipped over the handlebars. Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah, so I dislocated my shoulder. It was a grade five AC joint separation, but wow. It, yeah. It took me out of swimming for nine months and then running for six months. Um, but running was the first thing that I could really do cardio wise. Um, and getting back into the pool was hard because I was worried about re-injuring my shoulder 
and not having that strength. So I really put my time and energy into enjoying running and letting my body do what it does best. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you need surgery or was it just, yeah. So I, I had surgery, um, after six weeks, I had to wait for something to heal because I had a pretty big open wound on my back Holy so cow. Didn't operate. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> Holy cow. So it was a, like a real serious injury. So this yeah. was at the beginning of 2020. Was it before COVID? Did you get all your surgeries and everything done before everything shut down? Oh, so it was after um, the shutdown. So actually, when I said early 2020, I actually had another surgery early 2020. Oh, um, right as COVID was about to happen, and then the accident, I guess, was mid 2020. Okay, so yeah. that must. <laughs> how was PT? I mean, were you able to get your appointments and everything, and and do your PT and your surgery? And all yeah, that? I was able to do my PT. Um, and I really just focus on doing my physical therapy at home um, and going in once a week and really regaining that strength as best I could at home without having to go out into the COVID world. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where does your shoulder stand now? Like how, how are you feeling now? I'm feeling much better. Still have strengthening to do. Um, and still have a little bit of a not functional, um, I guess you could say there's some movement restrictions that I have. Uh, it just doesn't move as well as my left side, but over time it will get better. Okay, so the prognosis is good. You'll be able to get that mobility back. Yeah, okay. yeah. And as far as um, my daily activities go, I'm not really restricted in any sense. I just occasionally get some discomfort, uh, which is to be expected yeah. with the traumatic accident I had. Holy cow. So that was less than two years ago. Yep. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so you said that now, um, it's allowed you to refocus on running. So you're not doing, you're not going for a try. I imagine at the moment. I'm hoping to maybe do a <laughs> half Ironman in September. Um, I haven't committed to the sign up yet because I'm nervous about the okay. bike. Um, but I did get back on the bike in September of 2021, uh, to do a little triathlon. Okay. Um, so I'm not as eager to get back into triathlons as I was when I was starting out. Um, I've just been focusing on the running and then getting back into some kind of swimming shape so that I have some cross training to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you can look at it this way that, you know, what, um, what happened on the bike, right. It was your bag. So it's exactly. Not, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't <laughs> like some error. freak accident. Yeah. It wasn't like gravel or something, you know, that it was, you, you know what it was. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you just secure whatever you have in a different way. And exactly. but I yeah. imagine that must've been really traumatic. Definitely. So who found you through it though? Um, so mine, I didn't make it very far. My neighbor actually found me, um, happened to be driving down the street right as I flipped over. So oh my gosh. So she saw it. Your neighbor saw it. Yep. Perfect timing. Um, and then the ambulance came and I was on my way. Did you suffer a head injury? 
Um, I had a mild uh, brain injury, nothing. I didn't have a concussion. Um, So my shoulder took all of the force and then my head hit second. So I just had a little headache for a few days, but I didn't lose consciousness. Um, and cognitively I was fine. So, okay. I got really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So were you inpatient for a while or you just went in ER and they sent you home or. Yeah. So I was, went in to the ER, was there for a few hours. Um, and then they sent me back home. (laughs) I was in a lot of pain. Uh, and then I followed up with an ortho and that's kind of when I realized the extent that I, the day of the damage I had done to my shoulder. Oh my gosh. And what was, what was it like? Cause I mean, you are very active and you love it and it's part of, you know, the way you take care of yourself. What was that like to know that you had such a major injury? It was scary. Um, it also made me very thankful that I, I made it through, um, and that it wasn't any worse. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I had to adapt. So I changed all my workouts that I I was doing. I would focused on core, Mm -hmm. did a lot of walking, um, and tried to make the most of the recovery and taking the time off the mandatory time off. Um, so it was, it was a good, another great learning experience. Yeah. Again, something that could have really kept you away from, from something you love. So I'm, I'm glad you're better. So tell me about this, this half Ironman, what are the distances for a half Ironman? Yeah. So it starts out with a 1.2 mile swim. Um, and then you go into a 56 mile bike. So that's the part that's a little scary. Yeah. Uh, And then you finish with a 13.1 mile run. Okay. And where is it? Um, so it would be in Atlantic city. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. so in September, in September. Okay. All right. So not like too, um, not too windy. So we did, um, Marco's done the Atlantic city marathon twice. I did the half oh. this past October. Um, I can't imagine where, where all of that is going to take place. Cause uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, the marathon course, he he's the half marathon course is nice enough like it's fun the marathon mm-hmm. course it takes you past like lucy the elephant and it takes you like into ventnor and you, it oh. like you redo part of it like uh-huh it, and it's it can get very windy so hopefully in september it won't be too bad yeah fingers crossed yeah <laughs> yeah well you haven't hopefully you will feel comfortable enough to to sign up for it i know i'm hoping so too i have to decide soon because have to get back on that bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anything else coming up for, in terms of races? Yeah. I'm actually going to run a 5k tonight on the oh, track. Fun. Yeah. So it'll be a nice little race. Um, and then I guess next year, 2023, I have, I'll do Boston. Okay. Um, yeah. So you so have your BQ in your back pocket. I hope so. I ran Philly in this past November. Okay. Um, and I think it should be far enough under the qualifying time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Right. Cause, cause, uh, anything before that was an automatic qualifier. Well, maybe exactly. we'll see you in, in Boston. I'm hoping that Marco's race goes well. Yeah. Um, that would be awesome. 
Yeah, he's <laughs> doing the uh, the Shamrock Marathon in Virginia Beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so. I get ads for that one. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a nice course. It looks like a pretty flat, fast course. Um, so we'll see. So tell me about the Philly, the Philly marathon. It wasn't the first time you've done that one, right? It was. So it was it my was. first marathon. <laughs> well, I did um before I had my bike accident, actually, a week before I had it. Um, I ran a marathon for fun. Um, my friend was moving out to the West Coast. And he was celebrating his birthday and he's like, I really just want to run a marathon. <laughs> and my longest run before that was 10 miles. Really? Leading up to it. Um, I had run half marathons mm -hmm. previously, but for that training block, I had only done 10 miles. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll do half of it with you. And then I'll support you the rest of the way. Got to halfway and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. So we did the full 26.2, um, in the neighborhood we grew up in. Um, it was a great <laughs> experience. So that was, I guess my first marathon. And then the Philly marathon was my first official marathon. That's really funny. I'm not sure that like many people go out and they say, yeah, I did a marathon for fun <laughs> without a medal. <laughs> there was no medal involved. Not not the best decision I've made um, that made it through and wasn't too super sore the next day, which was very surprising. Um, but when I ran Philly, I was definitely feeling a little sore the day after. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you surprise yourself with the BQ? Like, or did you go in there knowing after this uh, for fun marathon, <laughs> um, <laughs> did you go in knowing what your time might be for Philly? I went in. And my goal was just to get a Boston qualifying time, mm -hmm. hopefully. Um, and then as the race was progressing, cause I started out moderately, which they recommend not going crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I'm feeling really good and got to mile 20 and I was like, all right, going to pick it up a little bit. Uh, but definitely hit the wall at mile 24 to 25. And then that last 1.2 it was like a whole nother experience I have never felt before running, but some adrenaline boost hit me and I booked it to the finish line. <laughs> wow. So mile 24 to 25, you were feeling like, like cinder blocks for legs, like that oh, yeah. bit. Yeah. I don't think my leg, it felt like my legs weren't moving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I was going through mud, uh, which was a feeling I haven't really felt before running not even in the fun one not even in your like not even in the fun one it was the we weren't going like a crazy pace or anything um although the fun one I definitely was hurting at the last like 0.7 okay so I did I did walk the last 0.7 oh, well, that's okay I, <laughs> I walked half of my, yeah I walked half of my marathon um, I think at least, I don't even know, but it, you still made it 26.2 miles. So regardless, you exactly. still, yeah, I mean, I, mo I think, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I realize that a lot of runners, um, they have to throw down some running for that marathon that there's very few of us or very few runners who can actually run the whole thing. But, um, mm -hmm. 
but you still do it, right? It's still, you, you're still a marathoner, regardless right. of how you got to that 26.2, yeah. as long as you didn't take a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so then suddenly, so you've got like cinder blocks for legs and then mile 25 hits. And did you just, was it mental? Like suddenly you realize that you are so close? It must've been because okay. I, I, right before that mile marker, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but kept telling, reassuring myself, I've got this, I've done the training, I can get through this. And then it was, it must've been just visually seeing that I was at mile 25 and knowing I had 1.2 miles left and I was done. And I could say I was officially a marathoner. Yeah. Yeah. Officially with a medal and everything to show for yeah. all of your hard work. <laughs> exactly. Wow. That's really cool. How, how far before the Philly marathon did you do that fun run? We'll call it. So that was 15 months before. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, 15 months. Yeah. So then at that point you're like, okay, I know I can do this. And it was it just a lot of just training and tweaking your nutrition and that sort of thing to get to the beach Yeah. Here. So I decided it was May, May of 2021. Yeah. May of 2021 to that I was gonna run okay. the Philly marathon. Um, and I just started building my mileage from there. That's awesome. That yeah. is, that's amazing. So are you so excited for Boston? Hopefully 2023. Oh, very hopefully. excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, well, hopefully we, we get there too. Well, Marco gets there. So you have the Ironman in September. Do you have any other races before that? Any halves, anything? Um, I'm hoping to get my sister out there for a half late spring, maybe early summer. Um, <laughs> there's, I did this half last year. It, it's in June, uh, where my dad grew up. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get her to do that one too, because it's a very special location for both of us. Where is it? Um, it's in Lebanon PA. Okay. Yeah. And it's called, it's called the root beer half marathon. Okay. Um, but it's a really, fun course. It was out and back on a nice shaded trail. Um, that a great experience last year. And it was just a lot of fun to race in where my dad grew up. <laughs> she's done, she's done a half before, right? No, she no she's done. Fun. I know she's done a lot of five K's and, and 10 K's, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is rocking the five K distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she was working on speed last week, last we chatted about running. Mm -hmm. Oh, but she could do it. She could totally do it. Exactly. Half. Yeah. No. So I'm hoping to get her out for her half first half marathon. That would be fun. Um, I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to get you both to chat with me after that one. If you get her to do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that would be, be great. Really fun. So, um, so that'd be really nice if you could do that one with her, you know, the, the 5k that you said you're doing tonight, I think I saw, um, saw something about it. I think your sister shared something or tell me about that race. Cause it's a special race, isn't it? Oh, so there, we did a race series. Um, it was four races. It's called okay. the, uh, it, oh gosh, it was like a winter freeze series. Okay. Um, so it started back in mid January and ran through, um, two weekends ago and you run in three out of the four races and it just 
compiles your total score from each of the races. So if you get first, you get 10 points um, and it goes down to the top 10 that they give points out for. Um, and then they calculate the total for each of the three races. And then depending on that, you become the <laughs> series winner, um, if you will. And it was a really, really cold series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like every well, morning a, they it's had been a it. cold winter. Yep. Yeah. It was below 10 degrees. So, yeah. That's when you get like, um, like icicles, like coming out of your nose and like off your eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you done, um, so Caroline, um, has done work with Alex's lemonade stand foundation. Have you done the lemon run? That was yes. our first jam. Yep. Uh, so I did that the first, first year we had it at the Navy yard. In, okay. In 2019. Yeah. I think, did I meet you that, at I the Navy yard? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Briefly, I think we met when, um, yeah. Cause that was the first year that is ran the kids dash yes. by herself without yes. a walker, without anyone, anyone. Yeah, no, she crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Theme that was so powerful. Yeah. I think I met, I, that's when I saw Sarah, but I know that I met, I feel like I met you at that yeah. one. <laughs> the, um, the bummer about that one was, uh, you know, the course was longer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was I. My watch was going off, and I was like, for three miles, and I was, don't see the finish line. <laughs> yeah, that one yeah. was a little long. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was going for a PR, and I think I did. Um, but like toward the end, I was completely just like gassed. I was like, <laughs> where's the finish line? I know it's races like those that who really make you tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a fun one. It was, it was beautiful though. It was such a beautiful course. Oh, I, a perfect course. And the weather was pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, really nice course. I enjoyed that one. Um, our first, like our first foray into running at all was the 2015 lemon run. <sighs> oh that my our, goodness. Yeah. And that was, is, was, um, she was two and still in treatment. She was about to be done. Cause that that's in November. Right. And then mm -hmm. she, um, she was done that January of 2016 and we did it every year. And then, uh, we, we did it virtually last year and we missed it this year. I think, oh, we went to see Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> so completely unrelated to running. <laughs> yeah we went to see phantom of the opera the night before and i was like there i don't think that we can oh yeah the tough turnaround yeah yeah but we'd done stuff like that before too we we had one night or was it i think actually it was a lemon ball we went to see frozen on saturday night mm -hmm. and or no 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 we went to the lemon ball and then that sunday night or something we were going to go see frozen on broadway and we like woke up and we got ourselves together and we went up to new york oh, city really yeah wow <laughs> very impressive yeah we fly by the seat of our pants i think we just kind of learn to enjoy everything um so tell me a little bit about your work with alex's lemonade stand because i always love plugging alsf and their mission and um 
it just, it feels good. They, I ran the New mm-hmm. York City Marathon on a charity bib and it, it's just obviously very near and dear to me. So tell me about, I know why, why Sarah kind of started working with them. Tell me about like your experience. Definitely. Um, so I, I actually started working at Alex's a month after Sarah in April of 2019. Um, I knew in the back of my head, I wanted to do something um, with childhood cancer, uh, just because I also coach swimming and one of my swimmers was diagnosed with leukemia, um, and seeing her go through her diagnosis, uh, made me want to get involved in that community. Uh, And Sarah actually let me know of an opportunity at Alex's and I applied, I knew of Alex's, um, And then from there, I started out as a a fundraising associate, and then I moved into my position as a community engagement specialist, and I started out working with individuals and families, and then transitioned to working with the childhood cancer families on their fundraising events. Um, And that was really such a rewarding experience, being able to be a part of their journey as they're going through treatment, but also their fundraising efforts. Um, And for those families that had completed treatment and wanted to give back to the community, it was just a super special role to be in. And I loved every minute of it, getting to work with um, the families. So it was I have nothing but great things to say about Alex's. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, neither do we. We, I mean, Liz and and Jay have poured um, everything into honoring Alex and it's just, it's beautiful. And every time it it, it gets me every time because I, it, that's love, you know, that's serious, serious love to carry that torch for her is beautiful. And uh, I'll never forget one time Liz told me that is reminds reminded her of Alex and there's no greater yeah. honor than that I yeah. mean but I I don't know what else to say without just like incredible kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what's really interesting and one thing that I think as a as a parent of a pediatric cancer survivor um this the stigma this idea that pediatric cancer is rare and what's interesting is that uh you and Sarah have two different experiences, but I mean, your sisters, you've grown up, but you both have been touched by pediatric cancer in two mm-hmm. completely different ways. So it's hard to say, you know, how rare it is when, when it's come that close. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and especially with working at the foundation, it heightened my awareness. Granted, I had coached the one swimmer who was diagnosed with leukemia, um, but as I was in my role and seeing the prevalence of it, it just made me realize it's out there and something has to be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's the the hashtag more than four. Um, mm-hmm. Those who don't know, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a hot second. And only 4% of the National Cancer Institute's uh, funding for, for research goes to all childhood cancer, all of it. And um, there's... Jeez, I don't even know. There's like so many types and then there's like hundreds of subtypes. Um, and so for only 4% of that budget to go to childhood cancer um, seems unfair. 
Okay. I'm going to step off my soapbox now. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So now uh, you went to, uh, you transitioned from Alex's and you decided to go to nursing school. What, what kind of prompted that decision? Um, So it it was really tough to leave at Alex's. Um, It was a combination of my course credits from my undergraduate degree were going to expire Mm -hmm. and also wanting to do more in terms of providing care to individuals um, and being able to be there for them when they're going through treatment. So that kind of drove me to finally pursue um, what I thought I wanted to do when I graduated uh, from my undergrad back in 2017, but was really trying to navigate if it's what I, if I wanted to go back to school or not. But Alex has kind of helped me realize that I wanted to do that and um, go back for more education. Okay. And so, I mean, uh, my understanding is you go to nursing school, right? And you kind of do rounds in um, cause we've met a lot of nurses along the way. Um, <laughs> and you, you do your rounds in different, different places. So you do some adult nursing and you do geriatric and you do, mm-hmm. um, uh, your, uh, labor and delivery and pediatric and all of that. Um, did you know exactly where you wanted to be? So I went in with the idea that I definitely wanted to be in the pediatric setting, And I also thought if I could get a position in oncology, that would be my dream. Okay. Um, And with the way that uh, nursing programs are now um, and kind of how the hospital systems adapted with new grads, um, they have set up residency programs. So kind of like medical school, you can specialize um, right out of school. Mm which is really nice that they give you the support, the training that you need. Um, So that hearing that made me realize that that was an opportunity that I could potentially pursue. But I definitely knew going in, I wanted to do pediatrics, but tried to keep an open mind. Okay, okay. So was it, so spoiler alert, uh, Sarah is beginning her position at CHOP in April. Yeah, um, Children's <laughs> Hospital of Philadelphia uh, in pediatric oncology. So was it sort of serendipitous? I mean, CHOP is one of the leading hospitals in, in pediatric oncology. Was that just like dream come true? Boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was so excited um, when I got offered the position. I had a clinical rotation at CHOP earlier in the year. Um And that experience really solidified that I could see myself working there. And then also working at Alex's, we hear day in and day out uh, about CHOP with kids going to treatment there um, and nothing but great experiences that they've had there. So I, it was, I couldn't be more excited (laughs) to start in April. Yeah. You know, from experience, the doctors are, you know, they, they come in and and they tell you all the things and they work with you through your protocol for, for whatever it is, you know, in in this case, your cancer treatment, but it's really the nurses that have to go in there. And I mean, I have a very, very special place for all nurses. We, 
um, through another foundation in New Brunswick, they work with Rutgers University, it's called Embrace Kids Foundation. And they, um, what they do is they partner um, kids who go to the Cancer Institute of New Jersey mm-hmm. um, for, you know, what oncology or hematology for blood disorders or cancer um, mm-hmm. with an organization at Rutgers. And they basically just throw part, like not just throw parties, they, they oh. throw events, <laughs> they throw parties, they, um, they make this easier for the families. And they also yeah. provide financial support for, for families as well. Cause um, awesome. yeah, treatment is very expensive, but so is um, ever since she was, so we joined when she was 12 months old, but she was so bitty and still very like, um, you know, stranger danger still, yeah. you know? <laughs> Um, so I guess they really started coming around when she was about 18 months old. So ever since she was 18 months old, she was partnered with the Rutgers school of nursing. Um, yeah. So some of our friends and the people who, and even from the hospital and the cancer Institute and everywhere, some of the people who have really watched her grow up are nurses. (laughs) Oh, that's so special. Yeah. And nurses are just, I don't know you guys, you guys are the ones who are there cleaning up the, the puke and the poop and the, <laughs> and whatever else comes out. Thing. Yeah. You guys have like, um, like nerves of steel. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so what prepares you for that? Like, how do you, um, cause it's a lot. It is. I mean, and, and it also, it comes with ups. I imagine when the child mm-hmm. is discharged, but it also comes with a lot of Downs, how do you prepare yourself for for that? Yeah, so I guess since I haven't started yet, but I've definitely thought about it in the back of my mind and just in every clinical rotation I go into, uh, because you never know what your patient's status is going to be. You just go in, you leave your work there for the day. Don't bring it home, um, because when I first started out, I would think about the patients I had for the day after I got home. And I realized that really wasn't healthy and not a way to continue and get through the day and something that I needed to work on. Um, what for me, once I started my career, uh, so I'm really just going to focus on doing my best work while I'm at work, making those connections. And then once I get home, leaving at the door and taking some time for myself, continuing with the running, (laughs) the swimming. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm really excited. And I think too, just based on the outlook that you have, it can impact what kind of experience you're going to have. So trying to keep a positive mindset, uh, regardless of what the outcomes might be. Yeah. Um, I guess in, in nursing, in running, in life, there's one thing um, I always tell is, and I remind myself is that not everything is going to go your way. It mm-hmm. just isn't. That's the way life goes. But as long as you know that you tried your hardest and you did your best, hopefully you can find solace. Even if at first it's sad, um, hopefully down the road, you can, you can heal and, and help yourself by knowing that you did you did all you can do. And sometimes things are just out of your hands. Exactly. That's great advice. Yeah. It's uh, it's not easy, right? Cause you want yeah, things to no. go your way. I mean, even in, in running, like 
I could train, 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 train and go out, twist my ankle and well, <laughs> being exactly <laughs> yeah. or you can train and you know, your bag gets caught and mm-hmm. yeah. So, so anything can happen. Um, but you know, I guess it's, it's part of gratitude, right. And gratitude and all, all those like big buzzwords, gratitude, optimism, <laughs> um, mindfulness, they yeah. all mean something and can be applied. It doesn't have to be this whole big meditative thing. Yeah, definitely. So do you think, um, I don't know, what are some of the takeaways from running that you, that like, cause we talk about how it's a, how it's basically a metaphor for life. What are some of the things mm-hmm. that you're, that you might take away and will running be the thing that you're like, okay, you know what? I need to leave this at the door. I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. So running definitely has been that for me, even just this past year, since I've gone back to school, uh, when I get stressed, I'm like, you know what, out of my control, I'm going to go for a run, something that I can control Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Um, but I really just try to enjoy it and more so enjoying when I'm doing my runs and I start work, just enjoying that free time and being outside and making the most of it. Um, that's been a big thing that I've learned to the past year or two is that when you go out for your run, you don't have to kill every run. And if you don't hit your pace that you were hoping to hit on that run, it's okay. You did the run and you did your best. So there's no need to get upset about things just using it as a stress outlet, as opposed to putting that stress on myself for running. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a really good point because it should be fun, right? Uh, None of us are getting paid for running, right? In fact, we're actually like paying a lot of money to run races instead. (laughs) Um, So it it is a really good point. And sometimes, uh, well, not anymore, um, but I used to do this thing where I have, okay, I have my training plan for, for said race. Um, I have to do this today. And sometimes the day gets away from me. And then I would go out and I'm like, okay, so I have to do four miles, but I have to be back here. And I would like blow through it Mm -hmm. way too fast because I needed to get back for something when I think mentally and physically, I would have been better off not going for that run. Oh, yes. Yep. (laughs) I've learned that the hard way with injury after. There's just so much. (laughs) all about listening to the body. Yeah. Yeah. You do learn how to do that along the way. And, um, I, I wish I had learned it sooner, but you know, you had that experience in, in high school where you felt that pressure from, from trying to achieve certain pieces to get into, you know, to be recruited. Um, I imagine that has really just carried your running experience since. Yeah. No, definitely the high school experience um, gave me some ideas for how I want to set up my training when I'm training for different things and also ideas for different workouts to add some variation into my training schedule. Um, uh, But the one thing that I did learn that I brought up earlier about the pacing and not so much worrying about that on my runs um, has been very beneficial 
And then again, listening to your body, if you're really feeling a rest day, take it, let your body rest. Um, granted there are some days that I'm like, Oh, I really don't want to run. But after all those, all these years of running, I can usually tell when my body is actually tired versus it's just mentally, I don't want to (laughs) run. That's a really good point. And like, as you were saying that I was thinking, I was like, you know, that's another thing is, um, we talk a lot about, uh, giving yourself that rest that you need, but really being honest, is your body tired or are you just, and, and and there's nothing wrong with it. Right. I just think that you have to be honest with yourself. Are you resting because, um, because your body needs it, needs the recovery, or are you taking the day because mentally you just don't feel like doing it? And that's also fine. But at the same time, you got to balance that with, if you have a goal, like Mm. a goal race and consistency is key to reaching those goals. And these are, I'm saying it because these are all things that I have really kind of battled with in my head. I'm like, Sonia, you're mad because you're not doing X, Y, Z in running, but at the same time, you chose to read an entire book, <laughs> which was wonderful, <laughs> but you sat on the couch and read the whole book instead uh-huh. of for your run. And that is fine. You just have to be honest with yourself. Exactly. Yep. I call it my marathon meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> your marathon. What is the marathon meltdown? <laughs> Granted, I've only run one marathon, yeah. but <laughs> I did have my marathon meltdown. I was like, I mentally, I had my long run to do Mm -hmm. and I was exhausted from school coaching, um, and just like life in general. Mm -hmm. And I knew mentally I was not ready for this run. So I, I had my marathon meltdown and just let good cry and a few deep breaths. And then I went out for my run and I felt so much better. <laughs> that's really good. And that's okay. So I, I talked to a lot of runners, but when I, when I talk to people who, who aren't runners and I think being immersed in this um, kind of community and not being super, and I'm doing like my air quotes, not being super athletic myself, I feel like, you know what, everybody can go out and do this. What are you talking about? Like, you know, and I do, I think everybody can do mm-hmm. it, but not everybody chooses to do it. And I think that, um, we, if, if you don't, if you don't know, you don't know how much commitment and time goes into marathon training, like your weekends are shot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of time, a lot of lectures from the week of school were listened to on those long runs. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh, that's awful. I yeah, that also contributed to the marathon meltdown. <laughs> I yeah. didn't listen to lecture that day. <laughs> no, well, and and I think also, you know, nursing school is hard. Mm-hmm. Nursing school is hard because nursing is a difficult job, but I'm not sure that. Um, there's an understanding about how rigorous um, nursing school is. So if you want to just share a little bit about what an average week looked like, and then on top of that marathon training. (laughs) Yeah. So um, at the point that I was in, in my program and also training for the marathon, 
I would go to class Tuesday, Thursdays from 8 a.m. to 4.50 p.m. Um, and then on Mondays and Wednesdays, I'd have clinical usually from, it would start, we'd have to be there at around 6.30 a.m. And then we'd be there until 2 p.m. Um, and then I'd have clinical on Saturdays, same schedule, 6.30 to 2. Wow. Um, so it was, and then on top of that, I was coaching on Tuesday, Thursday nights from six to eight 30. So it was a lot of juggling between studying and finding time to squeeze in runs. So there were a lot of lunch runs on those class days. Um, and then some early morning miles and some later evening miles. So it was a very scheduled out day, but if something went awry in my day and I needed to take more time to study, um, I prioritized the studying over getting in the mileage that I needed to. Yeah. Um, so I like to think I followed a little bit of a more modified marathon training plan and threw in some cross training, um, and kind of made it as time efficient as I could. So I, during the week I would do, uh, a run between like five to seven miles, four out of the five days. And then Sundays would be my long run day. And I do it in the morning, uh, to simulate marathon race day. Mm -hmm. And I did started out, um, started the marathon training. Once I had my base of 10 miles for my long run. Okay. And then I would run 10 miles for two consecutive weeks and bump it up to 11, do 11 for two consecutive weeks. And then depending on how I felt, I would scale back, uh, usually after four weeks. So I would go, if I was at 13 miles the week before, and I had been on it for two weeks, mm -hmm. I'd go down to back down to 11 for that week and then bump back up. The okay. Yeah. So when, when you scale back and then bump back up, did you go beyond the 13th or were thir the 13 miles or would you go 13 and then go up from there? I'd go up from 13. So I'd go okay. like a 14. Okay. Week. Yeah. And the idea behind that is to allow some recovery so that way yeah. you can keep <laughs> yeah. going. Yeah. 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 Especially when you're doing so much. Did you, so that the marathon meltdown, was it also... I personally need uh, free time like and mm -hmm. running, running is therapeutic exactly. and running is fun and, and I enjoy running, but I don't, I don't know that I consider running like super free time. Like I need time to like sit on the couch and read a book like that yeah. is free time. Mm -hmm. And that's contributed to it. Cause I wasn't taking that time for myself to just be relaxed and hanging around reading a book. Yeah. So yeah, that contributed to the marathon meltdown, <laughs> yeah, but you made it and you got your BQ and, yeah. um, you know, I also want to kind of like asterisk this, not everybody can do this and it's okay if you don't, um, <laughs> everybody has their, their own goals and, um, and you've been running for, for a long time. So this was a really amazing goal for you. Yeah, no. And I will say after I ran my first half marathon which I was a little ill-prepared for. Mm -hmm. um, 
I remember finishing it and I was like, there's no way I could do two of these in a row. And then flash forward, fast forward four years later and <laughs> I'm doing it to myself running a marathon. So yeah. you never know. <laughs> no, it's a slippery slope. It really is. Mm -hmm. Although I met one person in my life who said I ran a half marathon and I'm done with running forever. Um, one person, what else? So you're working on this Ironman. Do you have goal, big goals for it? Or is it just kind of like, I want to finish this thing? I would like to finish it yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. I feel like that's everyone's goal with the Ironman races, especially because they're so grueling yeah. endurance wise. Um, and then just doing as best I can, it will be a win, honestly, just getting back on the bike yeah, yeah. for that distance, yeah. um, especially given everything. So as for the first race goal to finish, um, and however well I do, I'll be happy with it regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and between then and now you're starting your, your new position at chop and that's yeah. something else to look forward to and summer's right around the corner I know so excited for the warmer weather some good running weather right until it gets exactly. too hot don't have to worry about the ice yeah Oof. well it was really really nice chatting with you thank you so much for taking the time yeah thank you for having me on I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Caroline I really love sharing these stories if you like what you hear, let me know. If you want to hear something different, also let me know. Want to be on the show? Email me at runningonoptimism at gmail.com. And I hope to hear from you soon.